0: This weekend on Sportsmanlike Conduct, it is Rivalry Week in the state of Michigan. We will talk about the Michigan Wolverines and Michigan State Spartans taking off, squaring off this week. We will also talk about the Detroit Pistons getting their season started uh, for the 2018 campaign. What's expected of them? We'll also talk about our favorite rivalries in the state of Michigan and what one might just be the best. All that and more on Like Conduct next. And welcome into unsportsmanlike conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald, and across from me, as usual, is Evan Petzold. Evan, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday evening? We finally got a time to slot in and do this.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great week, Andy. It's rivalry week. That that's what it's all about. Um, you also got to look at the fact that the NBA is back. the The MLB postseason it is in full swing. No pun intended, and it's awesome. It is so awesome. You know, you you think about back in the day, right? You got to back in the day. What you, is back in the day? You're young and and you got your buddy, right? <laughs> and you have respect for that buddy, right? You and you got you guys are friends. And you know, at the same time, you step on the basketball court or, you know, on the football field or whatever it might be in the sports world when you're a kid and that guy automatically becomes public enemy number one to you because mm-hmm. you know he's your competition yet he's still your friend and you respect him and I think that's how it is for you know a lot of people around the state of Michigan right now with the central and western rivalry and then Michigan Michigan state you've got buddies that you work with, buddies that you go to school with, whatever it might be and they're they're your best friends. but this week you hate them you don't like them because they're cheering for your other team and <laughs> and that's that's the cool thing about this week is I think it Brings the state of Michigan together in the weirdest way possible. So I'm just looking forward to an action-packed Saturday full of football with with Michigan, Michigan State first, and then Central Western uh, a little bit later on in the day. But, But, man, man, does it feel good.
0: Yeah, it's definitely that kind of week, I can tell you firsthand there's like plenty of people that you know literally because they like that team and they're my friend I hate that other team more just because of that so
1: I knew it it, we didn't even talk about that and I I called it like that it it
0: literally it literally kind of drives it drives you to hate another person like more that week just because you're like man I just want those bragging rights Mm -hmm. for something that doesn't even have anything to do with you it's not even that you're playing or you're in it it's that you cheer for that team simply and if if they win you feel like you have the bragging rights and the other team wins isn't it weird how sports works though Yeah, isn't that kind of weird? It's definitely an odd thing because, like, when people say like we, you know, we like like you don't even go to the University of Michigan, but like we were a part of it. It's it's literally because you're you're a fan. You're part of the fan base, exactly. So you can see yourself a part of it. You say we. It's the same thing with any other school. You know, you don't even go there. You just you just say it. So it's and even if you do go there, you're not even on the team, dude. No, no, exactly. It's it's still well. I mean, yeah, but if you go to school there, I mean, I think you have the right to say we. Yes, but like we, like it's it's my school. But but still, I mean, you
1: can't. I mean, in one sense, you can yeah, you can say we, but I don't know. Can you really say it though? I don't know. I, I'm indifferent about that. I mean I, I, I still said it though as far as, you know, being a Michigan fan growing up. Like no doubt I said, you know, yeah. we, we, we. Yeah, we were gonna but, do this, we're gonna do that. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more it's just kinda like uh, pay enough attention to it but feel the like thing. you should be a part yeah. of it.
0: But nevertheless, we will uh we'll get started right off the bat with th- those two teams. Um obviously it doesn't really matter what one you look at. Both were big wins, but for completely different reasons. Um Michigan beats Wisconsin. They take down the 15th ranked badgers 38 to 13, absolute slap in the face to Wisconsin. And the kind of game that as a Michigan fan you've been looking for since Harbaugh arrived here, pretty much to be straightforward with it. And then when you look at Michigan State and Penn State, it was a it's not like Michigan State hasn't gotten any big wins in the past couple of years. This one was more because, you know, they've been falling off. They they lost to an unranked Northwestern team, they lost to Arizona State early in the year. Looked like it was going nowhere, heading on the road to Happy Valley, packed out or sold out stadium, and they go in and they beat them on a final drive and win 21-17. to So two big wins for two completely different reasons, and now they meet each other the next week. It'll be the 24th-ranked Spartans against the 6th-ranked. Michigan jumped up a lot because of teams that lost in front of them, so now they're number six in the country. It's going to be a huge game this weekend no matter how you look at it. I mean, w- really, I guess the I guess the one main question is you know, you keep seeing all week that Michigan State really has nothing to lose in this game, as everybody says. They have nothing to play for. They're the ones playing without, like, a monkey on their back. When you look at Michigan, they're out there playing for everything still. I mean, they, honestly, when you really look at Michigan, they pretty much control their own destiny in the college football playoff. Now, if they were to win out, they're probably going to make it with a win over Ohio State at the end of the year if they were to go 11-1. and So, at the end of the day, you know, this game is probably bigger for Michigan just by those standards, but it, it, is there really a difference? Is there a huge difference here for either team? Well, here's the thing. The first thing I'm
1: going to touch on is I watched Ohio State play Minnesota, and yeah, Ohio State, you know, one of the top teams in the nation. Don't don't get me wrong, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think their defense is that good, Ohio State. I think their front seven is excellent, but I think their secondary is 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 rough, and I think they're 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 down there in the in the FBS as as far as allowing big game big game type plays. They they are one of the worst teams in the FBS that are allowing big plays. And that, that's yep. just the truth. That's just the stat. So really I think this game means so much to Michigan because, you know, they they win this game. They beat Penn State, say, the following week. And then you've got Ohio State. And and if you're looking at those two teams and you want to compare Michigan and Ohio State right now, I, I gotta go with Michigan, man. I really do I have to go with them as the as the favorite for this conference. So that's why this game means so much is because expecting that Ohio State is going to end up being undefeated in the conference same with Michigan. Yeah. You got to win these games now so you can get there and it can mean something well, because if cuz if if they lose
0: to to Michigan State and Penn State, that game against Ohio State means nothing. Yeah, besides like the the moral victory, but that doesn't really mean anything to anybody else or any other you know public standards. And that does nothing
1: for for playoffs or, or anything no, I like mean, that. Nothing
0: like that. And that's the thing everybody says that the winner of this game because they will essentially you know still you know be right there to play Ohio State for it pretty much because Michigan State has the one loss obviously in Big Ten play. But if they were to beat Michigan, they would knock Michigan down to one, have the tiebreaker over them because they beat them. So they would be able to play Ohio State later in the season, hand them a loss, and have the tiebreaker again because they beat Ohio State head to head. But if Michigan wins, they're just both going to be undefeated probably when they get to that game, assuming that neither team would lose that point. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, Michigan could easily still lose going to that game. They play Penn State the week right after this. They're far from out of the water. But this game is, I mean, this game's huge now. It becomes a really big game. I mean, going into the weekend, you looked at it as, okay, yeah, Michigan's probably going to find a way to get past Wisconsin. Instead, they blow them out and all these teams lose in front of them and they're way up there. And then you're thinking when Michigan State goes into Penn State, you're probably thinking to yourself, Happy Valley, a beat-down Michigan State team. No way they're going to come out and get this win, and then Penn State loses or blows the game again in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden they're back to being a ranked team. It makes this matchup that much bigger, and it, it emphasizes the rivalry factor that much more. Um, when I look at it, I think that you know this this game I think definitely means more to Michigan. You, you really can't break it down any other way. I try to take out all the rivalry stuff and not look at it as much as that. You know, what Michigan's trying to fall. I mean, no matter what, it definitely energizes you more and gives you a little bit more of a feeling to know you're playing against a team that you hate and you pretty much don't respect even if they say that they do never to last when these two you know teams square off Michigan's Michigan has to have the vision now there's enough guys that are older enough in this team that are thinking to themselves like here it is like you know we blew out a team like Wisconsin that we haven't done you know for our fans or anybody everybody's been judging us for we haven't done it until now and we did it now we have a chance to go on the road and prove the same exact thing in two different categories winning a running against a ranked team on the road and winning against a rival mm-hmm. on the road. That's something that Jim Harbaugh still has not been able to do. So, well, he was able to get a huge win this weekend against, you know, Wisconsin, he's done that before though. You know, people are people are forgetting that. He beat Wisconsin 2 years ago at home. That's a team that he's beat. It's not Wisconsin isn't, you know, even that good. They kind of just play in the side of the conference where they're able to get to that championship game every year. I wanna see what Michigan can do this weekend before I really judge them.
1: Take me back to before the season even starts, and especially after that game against Notre Dame when when Michigan came out and they lost 24 17. I had no belief in in my wildest dreams (laughs) that they would be able to beat Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State. But if they do it, it wouldn't even be a shock to me. It wouldn't be I would not be shocked. No, I would not be surprised—not even one bit—because this team has taken it to the next level. I think Shea Patterson has taken it to the next level. Karan Higdon, the wide receivers are finally coming around. Uh, oh, you know, down. they're coming around. They're a lot and, only coming and, around. And Black, there. not coming around, but coming back. back yeah, I mean he's he's going to be back sooner than later. That's just another offensive weapon to add. The defense is on top of its game. You don't even have Rashawn Gary against Wisconsin, Again, and you
0: still tear it up. To me, it doesn't matter. It's a system defense with Don Brown. He can put any athlete that Michigan has on that field out there that's you know big enough to play a position. Any backup that Michigan has will probably start at most other schools in this conference that isn't named Ohio State, Michigan State, whatever. And also, what about the fact that not only did Shea Patterson play, but Dylan McCaffrey played Yeah.
1: and Joe Milton played? Yep. That That says something about your program. That says something about the players that you have. That says something about the culture. You look, you go back
0: a year or two. You don't see that. There's yeah. no way. No, I mean, there's Michigan, no way. Michigan has quarterbacks are good. enough. Now, one thing I want to say about Joe Milton, if I see Joe Milton come into the game in the first quarter again, when they're driving down the field, I, I would, I, I would lose my mind. That was the stupidest thing. I have hands down ever seen the football, and Shea Patterson, the first drive of the game, is driving down the field, moving his team down the field. They put in Joe Milton for what is clearly going to be a direct snap and run, and it just ruined their drive completely, made him kick a field goal, and they end up missing the field goal. Early in the game, that was a big play. I would not have done that as a coach. I thought it was the stupidest thing you possibly could have done. Because, like, Shea Patterson still trying to get his confidence at that point. I mean, he hasn't even, he hasn't won a game against a ranked team yet, anything. He's got this great drive going, and they take him out in the next two plays. Clearly to me, showed that it affected him, because he didn't produce well one, one thing that I do like about using a backup
1: quarterback in the game is I don't know if you saw against Wisconsin when Dylan McCaffrey was lined up as a receiver yeah and ran right behind Shea Patterson Shea Patterson hiked the ball now he had it in his hands and Dylan McCaffrey basically rolled out to the left and they, they didn't pass the ball to his side at all but yeah I, I like that play let let McCaffrey do that kind of stuff let him come back right behind center and then let him let him flank out. You toss a pass backwards to him and let him air it out. Like yeah, it, 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 I like that.
0: It's and not, I think that's not to me, it's not a bad thing to do, you know, midway through the game or Andy, like Andy, second Andy, quarter. Andy, you have to mix it up. But first drive.
1: No, I and I know I know. And they,
0: they didn't think it that was, was different. The right it was call different time. <laughs> yeah, but the,
1: Yeah, but that play was so much different than the one I'm talking about. No,
0: yeah, for sure. No, I mean those plays are fine. I mean, don't like not do trickery or switch up your playbook. That's. I'm not saying that. I think at all. you have
1: to do it if you're Michigan. I think that's something that they didn't I'm do. I'm just saying,
0: don't do stupid things early in the game when something's yeah. working for you. Like get points in the board first. Start to actually see if your offense can just score on them in general before you start trying to switch it up and do something fancy. If what's it working is working, to me, I'd stick with it. But, I, don't, I don't
1: see. I don't know if I really agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think yes, the play, the design play for Joe Millen. Yeah, no, cancel that out. I, I don't like that. But if you want to run that play with with Dylan McCaffrey – if you're on your first drive and you make it to the 50 and you have a first down and around the 50, like why not? Yeah. Like, I mean, against, Michigan, against Michigan State or Penn State, like why not just throw it all out there and, and roll the dice? Because what? Maybe that gets you down to maybe that scores a touchdown.
0: Maybe it gets you down to the five. It, and from it, there it could as well. But when they did Joe, when they brought Joe Milton in the game, they yeah, were yeah, but inside that wasn't the, play. there was just irrelevant. The, they were inside the 25 yard line though. I mean that was like they were knocking on the door yeah. to score and it kind of it, it threw them off. I and, I just a field see, goal. and I mean, those are the kind of plays in the past, I'm just saying, that I've seen from Michigan where they, they do something like that and they don't get a first down, miss a field goal, and it's like their momentum is gone and they just don't even play good after that. Not, it didn't happen in this game. Mm-hmm. It was different. But I'm not saying to you that trick plays aren't the right way to go. Well, I just wonder, like, what is
1: Michigan's offensive playbook really like? Like, what is it really about? Have we even seen the whole
0: thing, you think? Like, I mean, because there's so I much li- depth to it. I liked a lot more of what I saw on Saturday, that's for sure. And the, the thing is about this is that... Both these teams, Wisconsin and Michigan, they're both like the same kind of mentality in a way. With we're gonna try to pound it down your throat and win a game that way. You know, I'm interested to see what he can he can do with a game like this where it's against a different team that you know does different things their offense than just hand the ball off to their running back. And get, I mean, like obviously that was beating Michigan in the first quarter. Their defense, it was. I mean, what's his name? Uh, I don't like it. Taylor. He was getting what five six yards a pop mm-hmm. every time he got the ball. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, I mean, Michigan State's, you know, they use their quarterback more to run and stuff like that. I'm interested to see how Michigan can stop that kind of stuff and against a different defense that isn't, you know, one. of I mean, this wasn't one of Wisconsin's better defenses. I'm interested to see what they can do against a defense like Michigan State that, I mean, held Penn State in check. Held yeah. them to 17 points, their lowest in the year. So I definitely want to see that playbook get changed, like you're saying. I don't want it to be the same um as it's been in years past. I, I think that they need to keep... Mixing it up and doing plays like that, and they that's been doing, fine they've me. been doing a
1: great job of it so far this season. Oh yeah, I, think. I agree too. It, well, is, it is a world of difference. You know what did you talk about to Harbaugh, last year?
0: Harbaugh calling more plays. You know, yeah. I think I think that's the biggest factor right now. You know, I, I watched a game my dad on Saturday and he said that like, you know, he doesn't like how Harbaugh's calling plays. I said why? I'm like, I think that things are a lot, you know, different right now with the way they're doing it. It's not. I mean, shit, it's better than you know some of the. The different guys that they have doing it um either other coordinator positions they've had in past years. So I don't know. I kinda like how he's calling more plays. I think too, you look at Michigan and they earn a thirty eight
1: thirteen win, right? Mm-hmm. And Shea Patterson doesn't throw one touchdown. No, not even one. <laughs> doesn't even it's throw one. It's unbelievable, dude. I mean, but but you have him running for a touchdown. Basically, too. You two. have Dylan McCaffrey running for a 44-yard touchdown. He yeah. takes one carry that whole game and goes for a touchdown. No, that was unbelievable, dude. <laughs> and then you have Karan Higdon doing, doing his thing. Like, you don't need... I don't know. It, it's crazy how in the past, all we talked about was... It was John O'Corn. It was it was Jake Rudock. You know, back a few years ago, it was Wilton Spade. It was Brandon Peters. And and if those guys didn't throw for a touchdown, there was no way Michigan was going to win the game. Oh no. There was no way. But the demeanor, the mentality, the the threat that Shea Patterson poses allows the entire offense to open up. It allows you to put a guy like Dylan McCaffrey in the game and let him break for a 44-yard touchdown run. That guy has speed, so let's use it. That that just never would have happened before, and I think with Shea's ability to to just be Shea Patterson and do what he can do, opens the entire offense up, and that's something that Michigan State doesn't have. I don't think. I don't. I do not think that Brian Lewerke is is like that at all. You look at him, and yes, he can run the football, and yes, that that's one of the the things that's impressive about him. But really, though, like fifty five carries for eighty three yards and two touchdowns, is that really being a dominant you know? dual threat quarterback I I would not say so you look at Shea Patterson's performance guy ran for 90 yards he ran for more yards in one game than Brian Lewerke has all season so yeah is Brian Lewerke really that good of a running quarterback is he really that good of a quarterback in general is he that much of a leader eight touchdowns seven interceptions completion percentage of 60 percent I don't think he's that good. I think no, I think I, he's overlooked. I think LJ Scott, with what he's been going through, is overlooked. Um, you know, I I think people look at these guys and, and think that they're greats, but they're not. Yeah. They're they're just not,
0: Andy. They're not.
1: No, Con- not. Connor Hayward is your leading carrier with 191 I mean, dude, yards. They lost,
0: lost two games. I think that more people think about what they won last week is, you know, a game they weren't supposed to win and they found a way to win. I mean, it was just kind of one of those Mark D'Antonio games where he he finds a way to sneak it out and get the win i mean really mark d'antonio almost cost him the game with the fake field goal that he ran a couple possessions before that i mean if they would have got that they could have just came down and kicked the field goal instead of having to score a touchdown to win it so all i'm I, saying is it will listen to here here's the
1: thing against penn state yeah you pull out a four-point win congratulations but brian lewerke not going to be able to go you know 24 of 52 passing against michigan and and win that game you, no, you no, got, I, you got I mean to maybe better. not,
0: but I still think the win against Penn State, nevertheless, is impressive. I think it just says more about what their defense can do because they slowed down Trace McSorley, who, by I mean, he's been a Heisman candidate, man. I mean, he's been uh, by far probably the best offensive, maybe besides Haskins, he's been the best, like one of the best offensive players in the the conference. So, so the question really comes down to being this this
1: Andy does. Michigan State's defense really slowed down Michigan's offense. I
0: don't know because the way that Michigan's played in the road, um, to me is not shown me enough yet to show that they're gonna be that good. They play great at home. Sure, they play great at home. But they if they start out like they did against Northwestern, they're not gonna win this game against Michigan State. I can tell you that right now. And I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that I'm still still scared to see with with Michigan's offense. I think that Michigan State is a really good defense. They oppose a lot. Um, and I think they're they're gonna come this is the game they come ready for every year. They're gonna give Michigan absolutely everything they have. And Michigan's have. gonna do the same though. They will, but it hasn't worked out for them as good in the past. I'm just saying I'm I'm still I'm still not convinced. So I know not, I, you've so, been riding the Michigan so, bandwagon all so year, buddy. you're not you I, I have? You you thought that they could compete with Alabama. <laughs> okay, but I also picked Spartan to, to win be, the
1: conference the
0: beginning of the season. I know, I know. I'm just saying you, you you think that they're that good. I need to see more before I can believe that. I need to see they can win a game against a ranked team oh, on the road. Jeez. So when what yes yeah, have so, they done that? Answer the answer me that question. Have they done that? It's
1: a good point. But when is when is enough enough to prove to you that they can compete if with they Alabama? Win this that game, they can,
0: if they win would, this game on the on the road this weekend, okay. they can compete with anybody the rest of the year. And they play, yeah, anybody, yes. Alabama, if they, if they can beat Michigan State on the road, two time. Okay, they're not going to beat them. No, I would still pick Alabama in that game all day. But I'm just telling you right now, for the rest of the year, like their season that's scheduled. They can easily beat any team. The rest of this conference, so they beat and go Michigan undefeated.
1: State, and this let's is the just game, let, to let's me that just say, it. let's just say, they go play Alabama. Okay, yeah, you wouldn't pick them, but you wouldn't be surprised if they won. Is that what you're saying? You wouldn't pick them. I would be surprised if they won. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm
0: not. I'm not saying it wouldn't be possible though. I think. If, I think if Michigan were to win this game, that would show a lot, and they'd show by the end of the year. Even if they could beat a team like Ohio State, I mean, and then yeah, you could probably compete in the playoff and like maybe make something a game. I wouldn't just pick them over Alabama or say I think they're going to win, though. Do you think Michigan's
1: deserving of their ranking in the AP poll at um, number 6?
0: What are your uh, thoughts? I would have said probably 7 or 8. I mean, not that that's that much of a difference. But I, I don't know. I think that with the teams that lost in front of them and what Michigan's done, I mean, they, the one thing that kind of brings them down still is they only have the one win over a ranked team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, a close loss to a team that's in the college football playoff now in Notre Dame. I mean, really, it, to me, it's enough to get them where they're at with who lost in front of them. I mean, when you had Washington go down and Penn State go down and, you know, all that, it's, it was enough to bring them where they're at right now. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, maybe, maybe Texas would have been in front of them, so some people say, but I don't know. I think, I think six, is, six is still, you know, tolerable. You can, you can see it. It was possible. And is Ohio State really deserving of his number two overall? Um, based off their resume, not really, because now that I think, you know, Penn State has lost a couple of games, including the one to them where they blew it late in the fourth quarter. They're clearly a team is still trying to figure some stuff out. Um, and you know, close games. I mean, when you play games, against you do like Minnesota last week, it makes you wonder. But the thing is about college football, man, is everybody kind of does it. Like, I mean, you could say the same thing about Michigan going back a couple of weeks when they won 20 to 17 mm-hmm. against Northwestern. So everybody does it. Everybody struggles against teams that like aren't supposed to, you know, beat them. It just happens because. Every week, I mean, you gotta think about it. That team's gonna give you their best effort. They want nothing more than to beat you. So I'm not saying that it's like they shouldn't deserve to be there, but they they're a top four team. If you're in the top four, to me, that's really all that matters in today's college football because it's a playoff, which is the beautiful part about it. This is really setting up perfectly. We're definitely a top four team.
1: Well, this is setting up perfectly for a a Michigan Ohio State matchup end of the season. I mean, you, Andy, realistically, you got to realize what you could be looking at here. Ohio State. Let's say that they went out the rest of the year, which, I mean, they, they, they should as long as they take care of business, and, and Michigan State's really their only other real test yep. left. So let's say that they went out, and let's say that Michigan beats a ranked team in Michigan State and a ranked team in Penn State, then they beat Rutgers and in Indiana. Man, you, you are looking at a matchup on November 24th. That'd be the best since the
0: one-versus-two game.
1: I mean, what are you looking at there? A three-four game? Is it would it be three well, versus no? But one? a couple no. years ago,
0: but a couple of years ago it was. I mean, what was what were they ranked when they played? Uh, you know, when like Jordan Lewis and Peppers and all of them were still there.
1: Oh, Michigan, I don't wasn't, know. Michigan wasn't that high.
0: They weren't. They weren't up there that high. I mean, maybe I thought I they, were they were still playing m- for a playoff at the time. Like I thought, pretty much the winner of that game went to the playoff. Yeah, but Michigan still I think, still I think they might have been like eight or nine. I, I don't remember their ranked for sure, but I, there's no way though because. There's no way because Michigan when they lost that game was still technically I mean everyone knew they weren't actually gonna make it. But there was still there still, they like were that still they might. thought that they could get into the play. Like yeah. they, ESPN had a reporter there um to like I remember the morning watching the playoff selection show, like they had I mean were, he was like, Oh, it's really quiet around Ann Arbor, like you know, the guys are like kinda doing their own thing, watching it if they were to get in. I mean, like it was obvious they weren't going to make it, but the fact of the matter was I, I know that they were they were close to getting in. Yeah, the game they
1: went to, to double O T.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Michigan was 10, Ohio State was 6. They were 10? Yeah. Wow. I'm wow, I'm shocked they were even considered getting in at that point then. But, but this is all I'm
1: trying to say though is is Ohio State's going to stay number 2. They're not going to move up to 1 obviously. They're not going to drop no, if they no, went no, out. Unless Stanford loses, yeah. no, not the top bamba. So no. so what are you looking at here then? A 2 versus 4, 2 versus 5 because I mean Mich- Michigan's not going to move up that much unless Notre Dame They won't jump or Notre Dame no matter what. If Notre Dame They might jump LSU they they though.
0: Possible. Possibly. But. So I could Possible. see, I could
1: see a two versus five. That'd be unreal. Yeah, no, I be, be unfreaking believable. It'd be a heck
0: of a game at the end of the year, and it, honestly, I hope it happens just for being a college football fan. At the end of the day, I hope that that comes about. But yeah, yeah I mean, Michigan State—they know that their playoff hopes are done, but they still could probably play for a you know a big game at the end of the year, a big bowl game. So I think that it still matters a lot to them. But nevertheless, every game that Michigan plays from here on out, I mean, it's huge to them. It's this—it's—it's it's, it's Harbaugh's chance in his fourth year to prove that he can beat teams like this on the road. I I mean, this is it. Could you ask for a better scenario? I mean, a a Michigan State team isn't that good, but they're still technically ranked, and it's a road game. It's a rivalry, too. And it's a rivalry game. This is it. He's got to win this game. I pose this this
1: question to play the what-if game because we have time, and why not? Yep. (laughs) So, all right, let's 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 just say, setting this up for you. Sure. Let's say that it's two versus five. All right. So Michigan jumps LSU, and it's it's two five, and you're looking at your your top five is basically Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan in that order. Yep. So a two five game at the very end of the season. Let's say Michigan wins, Ohio State falls out of the playoff conversation. Yeah, it'd be clearly that'd be basically clearly. a fair playoff game. But yeah. where does Michigan enter? Would they
0: be at the two spot, the three, or the four? I think all that depends on like how the teams are playing around them at the time. Because um, they already lost to Notre Dame, so you you got to put Notre Dame ahead of them no matter what, don't yeah. you? I mean, yeah, no, no. Well, yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame will remain ahead of Michigan no matter what the rest of the year. Exactly. As long as they went out, so you can exactly. So if that if that were to happen, and Michigan were to beat Ohio State, then yeah, you're talking Notre Dame would be number two in the country probably, or LSU. I guess that would vary depending on like. That that's where like you know the little numbers and the amount of points you score on people actually oh, start yeah. to matter. Well, the thing so is too, you look it, at
1: you look at Clemson. They have NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College, Duke, and in South Carolina, they're not losing the rest of the season. No, I
0: think that no matter what LSU's resume too will end up getting looked at as better than Notre Dame's. Mm-hmm. So I think that LSU will always stay ahead of Notre Dame as long as they went out too. But You mean, you mean Clemson or Clemson? Sorry, yeah, yeah sorry, I don't well, know why I say LSU. Well, Andy, this is what I'm trying to say
1: though is Michigan wins that game, and you got Alabama one, Clemson two. Notre Dame 3, and Michigan 4, and you set up that matchup, that Alabama-Michigan
0: that we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely possible. It is possible. <laughs> it's definitely possible. It, now it is definitely is. It's there. I, I mean, i never possible. said it wasn't. Well, Impossible, I know, but, I know, but still. Up.
1: Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be something? It'd maybe? be something
0: to see at the end of the year if that actually were to happen. With all the talk we've see, had about it. And to see what would happen. I mean, yeah, but back then I didn't know what Michigan could do, and I still don't. I know that you think that this team is complete and that they're there, but I need to see something on the road before I can believe that they're going to be that good. Because I, I, it's there, it's possible. But twelve to six for one is a humongous jump, and they never would have made that jump if these teams did not lose in front of them. They would have been number nine, probably in the country right now. So getting that close to the playoff was thanks to a lot of people losing in front of them. But yeah, they they control their own destiny. It's there. If I'm, I'm telling you right now, I will. Raise my right hand, and I will tell you right now: if this right hand is raised, everybody, if, if Michigan were to win this game this weekend, I will not, I will not deny them anymore. They are mm-hmm. a team that is actually competitive. For the, even Paul Feinbaum's giving them more credit than me, man. He came out and said that they are legitimately a playoff too. He hates Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, and he said they are legitimately a playoff contender now because of a game like this. To me, I still got to see them win a big game on the road before I can believe that.
1: Another question: because why not? line is
0: Michigan at 7 right now. Do you think that's too high? No, I think it's fair. Really? I think with the way Michigan's played, yeah, even though even though Michigan's taken an upset this past weekend, Michigan Do you think they cover? Michigan's Do you think they fight, cover? If they get the win, yeah. I think they easily okay. win by a touchdown. So, okay. I I mean maybe it'll be a field goal. A 7 line is like it's so in between. But mm-hmm. um if they were to if Michigan were to, you know, win this weekend period, it's it's going to help. But the thing is like coming up to this game, you know, they they've blown out every team they've played pretty much since they played against Notre Dame. And then they blew out a ranked team, so I understand why they're at least getting a touchdown favorite on it. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I think you have to at least give them that much credit. But on the road, too, that's a probably takes it back. If this is at home, I think Michigan might be close to a ten point favorite. Yeah, because of the way that they played against teams that are ranked, and yeah,
1: so. yeah, I mean it's it's just it's interesting, man. The way that it's going to be a very interesting game this out. weekend.
0: I'll tell you what, I am not I am not more mad at anybody than whoever schedules games for Central Michigan and whoever schedules games for the University of Michigan State because that is some bad scheduling, noon and Mm 3.30. Come on, man. Come on. You're like, you're asking, you know how many students, and I'm not trying to hit on this university or anything like that. You know how many students are about to make that trip an hour down the road and go to that college instead of staying here for this game? Because our team isn't ranked, and they're not anywhere near They're not even close. They're one in six. So, I mean, you look at it, and it's like, uh, the, 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 the point of it gets less, and there's plenty of people that cheer for both schools that go here. So they're looking at it as, if I can go and watch that game or be there in person, it might be more exciting to me.
1: College game day, going to (laughs) Oregon-Washington State, that's a 12-25 matchup, 12-25. versus Thoughts?
0: I mean, I think it's simply just because they they didn't want to do Michigan twice in a row. Yeah. I really think that's the only reason. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, what else would it be? Like, this game, you know, I I hands down think if Michigan State um, did not lose to Northwestern the week before, this game would have been a night game, I think. Or would have been close to it. At three thirty, would have been the earliest this game would have kicked off. That is for sure to me. So then, then what about going
1: to um, what about going to Ann Arbor then next week? Do you think game day goes there for Michigan, Penn State? I mean, you got to give. I mean, they're <laughs> they're good games. They are the best games know, around. They're, they're Alabama's not I mean, playing anybody. I, I, mean, I haven't looked at next Clemson's week's schedule. Clemson's not playing anybody.
0: So, I like w- what are their matchups next week? That's really what it comes down to. Because if there's no one that's better than that. They might go back to Michigan, but that would be they can't. They can't go to the same city. They, would you know, because this year or this week they're going to, you know, it's Washington State, right? Yeah, yeah, to?
1: yeah. Against against Oregon. Yeah, they.
0: You know, there I guess, is no, there, no. But let me let me show you the list. There is under the reason that I understand why College Game Day did that this week is because for one, even without the Michigan, you know, factor of being on twice, is because well, that Washington State flag has been at College Game Day for. However many years that every single college game day, they're finally ranked and playing in a big game, I see the point behind it. I understand yeah. what, I understand why they're doing it. So that makes sense to me. But I don't know who these teams are playing next week that would take it away from Michigan. It would be,
1: be the week after, sorry, because yeah, Michigan's bye. Yeah, they do have the But Oh, yeah, Alabama, LSU, they'll be going that's there. The Never mind, we'll Baton Rouge. So,
0: it'll be there, but nevertheless. <laughs> Detroit basketball, let's go. That's right. But thoughts, who's going to win this game?
1: Andy, Andy, Andy. I'm gonna go Michigan, obviously. Out on the limb. Forty-five to twenty-four. Ooh, they're gonna come
0: in there and spank the Spartans, huh? They are <laughs> going to spank the crap out of them. I'm not gonna go that far, but I'm gonna go with Michigan getting this win as well. I think that this is finally, I mean, they he already did it last week. He proved to everybody that he can beat a big team. And he can beat him badly. I don't think he's going to beat Michigan State badly because it's just simply to me, Mark Antonio is going to be in this game no matter what. But I think that Michigan is going to pull this out, and it's going to be that number two. I think he's going to take him down the field, end the game, and Shea Patterson is going to do it. He's going to give him another game-winning drive. No trouble with the snap, right? No, nothing like that. I think that Michigan has the chance to win this game to end it. I think it'll be like a tie game. I think Michigan ends up winning the game by that by that line. He gave me a touchdown. I think it'll be a twenty-eight, to twenty-one type final. It's going to be a game with a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense, but. I think Michigan pulls it out in the last drive. So. Michigan's
1: Michigan's defense allows an average of 15.4 points per game. Everything's over.
0: You might as well take your stat book there and just chuck it out of the room because everything changes when these two teams play. Eh, nothing, right. nothing stays the same. I mean, last year, it was no doubt Michigan should have won that game. No doubt. Didn't win it. All so, right. Pistons basketball. It changes. But, anyways, we'll go to we'll go to the Pistons now and talk about them a little bit. because... I mean, all right, we're going into the winter season. We're starting to flip the calendar here to get our other pro teams going, and that would be the Pistons and the Red Wings. And the Red Wings going into tonight were 0-4-2. They're trash. They're already clearly not what people thought they might have been with their young talent. Everyone thought, like, okay, maybe this team can compete for a playoff spot. You know, it's been a year now. These young guys have seen some NHL time. NHL time. Yeah, it's still early in the season, but and 4 2 to start it. Technically six losses. That's atrocious. The Pistons, however, let's, let's go back to last year really quick. Coming into the year, it was a no-doubter, I think, at least for me, and I'm not sure if it was for you, that they were going to make the playoffs. They were they were a team that was, they, with the way that that division was set up and, like, the talent in it, especially when, you know, the Bulls made their moves and everything else to get rid of to get rid of Jimmy Butler and stuff, it was the Pistons. I mean, they were clearly the best team going in, and they didn't even make the playoffs, and they didn't even come close. So, and in the NBA is not a hard league to make the playoffs. I mean, you're going to get at least two teams every year that make the playoffs probably probably three in your division with close to a losing record if not 500. And the Pistons weren't even good enough to do that with the talent that they had last year. Now I mean sure, they have a lot of guys back, you know, they obviously have Andre Drummond back. Blake Griffin was the big addition last year. He comes back in and it'll be a part of this team. You know, but really I mean it, it's going to be interesting to me to see what a lot of these role players can do on the team. Um, they have that, you know, showed some stuff last year. You got a guy like Luke Kennard. Did he make any steps to get better in the off season? John Luer, who was a guy that played some minutes for him, but he got hurt early in the season. A lot of people thought that that affected him. You know, you look at Glenn Robinson, a big addition. The guy from the guy from the Pacers came out of Michigan, out of college. He has showed that he can play in the NBA at a level and play that role player position. Can he step up and take a little bit higher of a role at the Pistons? Cause they're going to need it. I mean, clearly Stanley Johnson, that dude had the sophomore slump and worse. He wasn't all there. It's all these questions with these guys that you know weren't quite good enough, and then the attitude of Andre Drummond, and if he can actually stay and be this leader, are the Pistons ready to make that step this year? They they've got to be looking
1: at what the the Eastern Conference has, Andy. They have to be. Now we've looked at this before, (laughs) but it's different now. No Lebron, he's gone. Yeah, that's the crazy part. All you got to worry about is Kawhi Leonard. That's it. But I mean, that's all you really got because, but because I mean, what what team is going to keep you out?
0: You know what I'm trying to say? It's hard to ask, man. It's hard to picture a team that keeps them out. But it just it happened last year. And I mean, yeah, well, sure LeBron was in there, but that was, I mean, he wasn't even a number one seed, mind you. Well, what you're last gonna year. have is you're gonna you're gonna have the Celtics and 76ers up top. And you know, that that's basically
1: gonna be, you know, I would assume you're you're one and two. The Bucks are gonna be up there as expected. And then like the Raptors, they'll be up there just because they have they have Kawhi Leonard. So you've got basically those teams as as what you're looking at is like you're anywhere between like the one to five. Pistons have got to slot in there at the six or the seven spot this year. They they just have to. They they just have to. I don't think there's teams that are as good as them. Across I think it comes down to coaching. We've seen it in the past with Stan Van Gundy. Yeah. So how how is the coaching change with Dwayne Casey gonna actually make a difference? Your your starting lineup is Reggie Jackson, Reggie Bullock, Stanley Johnson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond when they're healthy coming off the bench. Of course, Reggie Jackson
0: staying healthy is
1: huge, obviously, for this team, too. But coming off the bench? It's not bad either. John Luers in there. Henry Ellenson, he he's shown spurts of of greatness. Luke Kennard, he can hit the three. Ishmith is not an awful backup quarterback. Oh. I, <laughs> I mean, guard, same position almost. Basically, I mean, runs the team. Yeah. But nonetheless, I, I think you have all the pieces to be a six or a seven seed in the Eastern Conference. And, and I don't know if you read the story. I know you subscribe to The Athletic too and you read them often um, but it was it was James L. Edwards III put out yep. a story about Glenn Robinson III, a text message from Paul George and an Indiana barn. I don't know if you read that story but that was interesting just how those two trained and stuff like that in yeah. the offseason how Glenn Robinson III is really like working on getting to that next level. Like, that's what he wants. And that's what he needs and he understands that. He's always that. been a
0: freakish athletic talent. He's I mean, had the talent way since... but putting it all together
1: it he wasn't, hasn't been able he,
0: to do. I mean yeah, he hasn't been able to be like the player yet but I don't know if- Will ever reach that, but he did show bright spots when he was, you know, with Indiana. So, any Paul George, you could always tell the two were close. I mean, it was obvious. Like Instagram, whatever else you follow him on, they were they the same type of player close. too. Yeah, I mean, basically,
1: yeah. But all I'm trying to say is, is I, I think Glenn Robinson III has potential to average, you know, 10, 11 points a game. I don't see why that's not a possibility for him.
0: Well, that's what you want to see. I think out of a lot of these guys, you want to see a lot of these guys average around. 10 points a game, 8 points a game, whatever it is. You want to see more of that team effort that they kind of had years ago because that's what your vision was last year going into the season. And maybe Van Gundy couldn't hold together good enough and maybe Dwayne Casey will do a better job of it. But they have that same kind of team. I mean, there's really no one that – I mean, I don't care what anybody wants to say. Andre Drummond is not a star player. They don't have that kind of, you know, that guy. So they have to be that kind of team to be successful. And it seems like in a division like this, you know, to me – even with what they have on paper, I mean, I just look at their roster up and down, especially, well, okay, I guess the star player argument now is Blake Griffin. I should take that back. Star, but not superstar. Yeah, it's like, it's like quote, you know, like maybe, you know, people want to consider star, him that Star, but not superstar. But if he can stay healthy, and they have a lot of injury questions, obviously. But when it comes to it, and you just look at this team on paper, and the names that are in this lineup, how can't they even be a four or a five seed? I mean, how can't they even be that high in the division that they're playing in? I don't know. Well, here's the thing, too. It's possible to me. Yeah, it should be. It's where people thought, you know, honestly, a lot of people picked the Pistons to finish around fifth last year. Even
1: that's just not going to happen. With, I mean, you have the Hornets in there. You have the Celtics. You have the Raptors. They did it. I don't think they will. I think the
0: Pistons will sneak in at a seven or eight if they get it. The Heat still aren't bad. The Bucks. The Bucks are pretty darn good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Johnny. (laughs) They. I I see them at six or seven, if not seven or eight. Giannis. No, it's, they got they got people. I mean, like that. There's other teams that are there that are going to compete with them. It's just a question if the Pistons can actually put it all together this year and get to one of those spots in the, the playoffs. But is that even a success to you? Is that where this team should be? I mean, it's a first year coach now, so I guess you got to give them that. But is that is that where this team should be at with all these? I mean, these players have been together for a while. Now. Where should they be if they're not supposed to be at the six or the 7th spot in the East? That should to me. And they can get Three, back and four. show that. If they can get back in the first year to win, Casey, and make a, a seventh or a sixth spot, like you're saying right now, complete success. Even if they get beat in the first round, because if they can do that, and yeah, then, and then we're thinking future build off of it. That's when I start to consider it's, an all about, success. it's all about
1: free agency at that point, though, because you're not going to be able to bring in draft picks that are going to be, you know, legit. Yes, you might find a diamond in the rough. Yeah, you know, Isaiah Thomas, if you want to sure yeah. go go his direction, just because of how late he was picked. Cool, find a diamond in the rough, but like. That's not going to happen as often. So it's going to come down to free Like, how are the Pistons going to spend their money? How are they going to make space? How are they going to add another star? As well as keeping people on this team. You need another star. You look at that. Okay. Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson are not. they, They should not be there. No. At the starting position, in my opinion, I, I, I think they are great off the bench. Keep them there. I hope Glenn Robinson the third. And my bold prediction for the season will be Glenn Robinson the third takes that spot from Stanley by the time that we get to that. Wouldn't that would not surprise me one bit. By the time that we get two <laughs> months into the season, I think that's that's his job. And I think you got to go out there and you need to find a star shooting guard at some point and add him to your roster. And if you can find a star, not a superstar, but a Blake Griffin type star. I think then that's what it takes to actually win. You have something, you have something special because if you have Reggie Jackson at point guard, that's great. Shooting guard, you add someone special, and then you go stand, and then you go. Excuse me, Glen Robinson the third, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond with Stanley coming off the bench for for Robinson. Then you have pieces like Luke Kennard that can come off and hit the three. You have a guy like John Luehr that can stretch the floor. Jose Calderon, a, a third string point guard in that sense, that can lead the team and help younger guys grow. You have your two young guys in Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Brown. So, you you have those options. I think you just need that one more piece. I think there's one more piece missing for them to be a top four team in the East.
0: Yep. They're going to have their tests right away. Um, you know, they got Boston a couple times earlier in the season. They got the 76ers a couple times here um, from the first few games. Those will definitely be tests right off the bat, but... It's too early to tell right now, but we definitely both think that they should be a playoff team by the end of the year. So we'll see who that is. But we're going to end our podcast now um, with a cup with a, a different thing instead of a stud and dud this week, just in honor of it being rivalry in Michigan. Um, talk about some of the different rivalries that have meant something to us um, throughout the years. So, Evan, what what is what is the rivalry that sticks out to you? I mean, there's a couple, and we'll get into, we'll get into a few of them. Yeah. Uh, of course. But
1: you know, just being at Central Michigan as a student, the the Central Western. Rivalry definitely stands out you know, for the Victory Cannon trophy. And, and man, first meeting was back in in 1907. Western pulled a 29-0 win out. And, you know, obviously with the last meeting being November 1st, 2017, that was a game where Shane Morris led a led a comeback. He had a 77-yard pass to Corey Willis with um, just under three minutes left in the game to to win it for the Chippewas. 88 total meetings, Western leads the series, 48 to 38, two ties. It's a game where, man, it it really does get the people that aren't as connected, maybe with Michigan and Michigan State, really fired up, I think. I mean, you look at a lot of the older people as well. Yes, I know a lot of the kids are so in tune with their phones these days and what's yeah. on TV, but you look at, you know, whoever it might be, a guy like Don Shido. Right. He does all the broadcasts for the for the Chippewas. Um, you know, Tim Ottoman is as is, is well. He's another guy in the in the Mount Pleasant community that, that they just get fired up for these kind of games. I think a lot of townies get really excited for it. I think people that have went to school here in the past and I think
0: some students get excited for it, but it's kind of frustrating can, that maybe not as much. I can tell you firsthand I had a best friend who went to Western. They hands down feel the same way there. Like the community there is the same exact way. They love their Bronco football, they love their Bronco athletics, like it means a lot to them, and a couple of years ago, when they did what they did and went all the way to the Cotton Bowl and everything, that like really ampl- like amplified their football program. And last year, when I went to that game, you know, hands down, it was the best Central Michigan football game I have ever covered in my years here. But that like the fact that that game was like, you know, they came back on them. You could just feel how disappointed their fan base was when they lost. If you live in Kalamazoo, or you live in Mount Pleasant. It's a huge deal to you, no matter what. And if you went to school to either one, this is something you still pay attention to and come back. So, well, what are your thoughts on the state? Of this rivalry, though, what do you mean, like, by that, like, where it's at right like now? Like with
1: kids, you know, kids these days, do do central students really? I mean, from what you've seen, do oh, they, do they like, really care? Like
0: kids our age, yes. Do yeah, they really I, care, or um, not as much anymore? No, I don't think so. I Agreed. I, don't, I don't think it's nearly where it was at how many years past. Unless it means something. If it clearly like means something, then sure. But you know, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the negative guy and bring it up. But Kelly Shorts. I had to guess on Saturday is not going to be full. Not even close. And people just aren't going to care. I mean, but really, the football team's one and six. So there's a reason to not, I mean, there's a reason to not care that much. I know I, I haven't been really, here. Really, it's an excuse to be like, you know what? We don't even care. Our team sucks. I can still get drunk with my friends. That's where it's at right now.
1: <laughs> I haven't been here when, I mean, obviously, being just a sophomore, like I, I haven't been here as long as you have, but what about a
0: season where like, both if say that both these teams were undefeated right now. I can tell you right now how it was. Because I what would it about, I was about there. I mean, I was here the year that it happened and what was that like? Do you think it would be different this year it, if both teams were undefeated? You think people would actually yes, come would out? Yes, It would be completely okay. different. It would be a full stadium. That stadium will be packed. I guarantee that stadium would be packed, <clears> even in the student section. People will come out to see that game because it, it still matters. Like if you're if you're both undefeated and you're playing for a Mac title, there's enough students at the school that still pay attention to the football team that if both teams were undefeated and going at it, it's going to be – I mean, that's what it was, Evan. A couple yeah. years ago, I, I mean, you've never even seen it like this, man, since you've been here because I've been at almost – I mean, this year I haven't been as many games as you, but I was last year. And I can tell you this year that the stadium definitely has not been full. In the past, like when I was here for that game a, a couple years ago and CMU was 3-1 and and Western was 4-0, and I've never seen it like that. I've never seen Kelly Shorts like it was that night. It was a night game, and that place, dude, was full. There wasn't a seat. I mean, seriously, if you were a, a person that wasn't, you know, like, there early, you weren't getting a spot. That's how it was. And I've never—I'm not kidding. Well, my seriously my, was, my youth was sold is, out.
1: My youth is allowing jealousy to creep in at this point. <laughs> Which had a couple it, more years on you.
0: No, no, I mean, you never know when it's going to get— I mean, dude, I, I promise you, if this game is ever that close again, it will be that big. Like, hmm. you will see it. It just has to be there. And everybody knew that you are like— I mean, if CMU didn't lose the week before— I legitimately think that College Game Day might have came to CMU instead of going to Western that year. Really? Because they both would have been four and zero. Oh, it was clearly huge driving, and that was the year you got to remember that CMU beat Oklahoma State on the last play of the game, so they beat a ranked team. Everybody's mm-hmm. fired up on them. Then CMU went and lost the week before that, so it kind of screwed it up. But I'm glad they did it because it would have been a complete embarrassment because CMU got blown out and they clearly weren't where, the, where Western was at that year. But you know, everybody, lo- you know, <laughs> a lot of the community loves me for the column I wrote that year about how Western's you know atmosphere was better than ours. It just depends where you go to school man and I can tell you one thing that that whole season there wasn't a game that you know that 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 stadium at Western Waldo Stadium was not getting sold out. I mean everybody cared. If if
1: both of these teams let's just say right now let's say they're both 1 and 6, which fan base cares more
0: in your opinion right mm, now? That is tough. Um I'd probably still go with Western based off what I've seen in the past. Okay. Um I think no matter what they they would care more. I think that they've They've shown it more. CMU students the past years that I've been here, I have not seen. I've seen nothing like when I went to college game day at Western and experienced it firsthand. I've seen nothing like that at a CMU. Now, yeah, sure, we haven't went undefeated and been playing for a, you know, potential even playoff spot. I guess you could have said about Western that year. Sure, we haven't been that good, but I've never felt an energy like that here as a student around Central Michigan football. It's just never. It's sad because I love the sport. Obviously, I love sports. So it's sad when it comes down to that, but yeah, I haven't seen it. It's sad, too, looking at,
1: you know, last season, CMU was good. They, they were
0: pretty good. Yeah, they had they, the best they, win I've ever seen against, like, ever. But I'm just Biden saying, I'm here.
1: saying even coming off that game and throughout that season, Kelly Shorts wasn't
0: anything crazy, though. No, it wasn't most of the games you went to or anything, but that's because I think they started the year pretty bad. pretty bad. Like, I mean, they were, yeah. dude... All it is in Mac football is if you start to get something going and people can believe, then they're going to be like, okay, I have a reason to go to these games. If they if you don't, then that's just how it is, man. People aren't going to pay attention as much. People love to take pride in their school, like this school, when they're winning. But when they're losing, it's like we just play in the Mac. We don't care. Yeah, we got to move on to uh, well, Western uh, a, a takes the win this
1: week. Let's go to yeah, you I mean, for yeah. Your- we'll,
0: we'll 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 talk. Listen to Maroon and Bold if you want to hear more about <laughs> the Semi Western game. I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But nevertheless, the the one rivalry is you know me and my baseball, I love baseball. The one that I have to point out was the Tigers and Blue Jays back in the 80s. The two the two teams, the Tigers were a team that, you know, they were right here in Michigan, and the Blue Jays, you know, if you go to Detroit, you can get that highway that goes straight over to Canada, so you're right there. So those two teams hate each other and used to be a rivalry, and that's something that, you know, I, I, for one, I wish I lived in the 80s. I wish I was someone from the 80s because that's when sports, like, was almost at a peak, I feel like, for me, like, especially at the job that we're trying to go into, that's when it still, like, mattered a lot, and it was still big and everything else, like... People just cared, and that was a huge game just because of the division they played in, and nothing'll top nineteen eighty-seven. Um the Tigers were able to win the AL East on the final day of the regular season, came down to it. You know, it's th- those are the kind of moments that I think you live for is when two of your rivals play for it out at the end of the season and they play to be able to get that big win. So definitely something that I wish I could have experienced uh, more and as a rivalry that, you know, I go back and look at some of the games and stuff. That's the stuff that I remember and I and I and I wish that I not remember, I guess, that I look back on. And I wish that I could have been a part of more. So that's definitely one of my favorite rivalries, you know, outside of some of the older ones as well, like the Pistons and Celtics. Back in the days of Isaiah Thomas and Larry Bird and stuff, when they used to be good and battling out. The Red Wings and Avalanche, when they used to be a big rivalry mm-hmm. and fighting was still fighting in hockey. Lions um, and, Packers. And, and nothing I'll have with, the, you know, Darren McCarty and uh, Claude Mew, you know, they went at it. But what's that? Lions Packers? Yeah, that's Lions always Lions Packers always have a meaning to me now, after I was at the game a few years ago and Aaron Rodgers to the Hail Mary Pass. Um, to beat the Lions, I'll never forget it. I was paid for cheap tickets on a Thursday night. Went down there with my friend Zach, and uh, you know, we got there and we we're watching the game in the stands or whatever. And there's <laughs> 13 seconds left, and there's where the Pepsi pole is at. If you've been to Ford Field, you can picture it. Um, and I was like, you know, this is over. dude. let's just start to try to beat the traffic and walk out. And so we walked over the railing, and you, you can kind of like from the overhang still see the field. Mm-hmm. And where we were actually sitting is what blocked our view of the end zone. Um, you know, I see Rogers roll to his his right, and he cocks up and he just whips it downfield and you just see the ball just kind of floating through the air you're like okay well it has the distance so you never know and it comes down but from where we were standing the the upper deck of the stadium it blocked it um so you couldn't see like the actual ball going to the end zone Mm -hmm. so you just saw it drop and i remember just you know waiting to see the lions fans like you know obviously get up and go crazy and cheer and you just see a few packers fans get up and start to go nuts and you're kind of like wait no wait what just happened and you just see all the all the green bay sideline to start to rush towards the end zone you're just like no way. Like, no way. They just lost this game on that play. And, yeah, I know. I mean, that's something I'll never forget. So the Lions-Packers lions, Ra- lions Packers rivalry always means something to me. If you're a D2 guy, Grand Valley State against Ferris State. Oh, yeah. That's, a that's my one. own talent, man, Grand Rapids. No, for sure. That's Last weekend, that was huge. My friend Cassidy um, who works for the 910 News. She covered it last weekend was talking to me about it. She said she's never seen a game there before. She said if you get the chance to go and do it because it's packed. I mean, those people like care about that every year. It's a big deal. Like they care about their Laker football in Grand Rapids. I can tell you that much right now. It's always been one of the best teams, you know, in that division, they always compete for a championship. So it's no definitely you know, that rivalry has always been big and Ferris state usually has a pretty good program themselves.
1: Yeah. I think, I think really too. Another one that stands out to me is Pistons Lakers. I mean, Showtime Lakers against the bad boys Pistons. I mean, it was, you know, Hollywood against Detroit. That was mm-hmm. the game, man. Like, you go back to when you know it was Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson going at it and it, it was just one of those games too that you sit there and you listen to to your dad or like your grandpa or whoever it might be just kinda like tell you about. Yeah, for those, sure. Those kind of those things are cool.
0: Pistons and pacers. I'll never forget it. I was in a hotel when the, the fight broke out with, you know, with Ron Artest and everything else. I'll never, I'll never forget it. When I, I was in my hotel and I come downstairs, my dad was, you know, drinking at the bar or whatever. I was really young at the time. He's, with, he's with a, uh, you know, some of my parents' friends still to this day. And I run down there and I go, "Dad, you know, B- Ben Wallace is punching people and around our desk." And he's like, "Are you watching like a movie, dude, or what's going on?" And then like comes upstairs and watches it. I'll, I'll never forget that. It's like, you know, coming down and saying that that that's still one of my favorite memories to this day. So my favorite
1: part was when, when when Ben Wallace laid on like the scores table. <laughs>
0: And yeah, we, were just, yeah, 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 yeah. we were just laying there.
1: <laughs> this, like, that was just the that was weird. The whole thing in general is just that crazy. Can weird. you imagine, like,
0: being in a game like that and actually seeing that happen in front of your face? Like, just just nuts. And then I, I always like the Red Wings Blackhawks as well because mm-hmm. I have a best friend who he loves the Blackhawks, and I've always loved the Red Wings. So definitely one that goes back. It's definitely one of the good, I mean, rivalries. They're just two close cities, hate each other. Hockey people hate each other in general. So that's pretty good. But you know what? we're lucky to have a state like this. I think we can just say overall where we have rivalries like this, like all over the place in um, so many can, sports
1: too. I mean, a lot of cities and a lot of, I mean, some states don't have every, yeah, major every sport like
0: that. Right. And we just have it. And you're, we're lucky enough to have all seasons. We can go watch all these games and every season there's going to be something that means something to you like that. If you follow the team. So that'll do it for us this week though, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. My name is at Andy underscore McDonald 23. Uh, Evan, what's your at?
1: Uh, Just my name, at Evan Petzold. Pretty, Pretty simple.
0: For sure. Well, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow on CM Life. It'll be posted on there. Also, SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks for listening.